You're listening to A Future and a Hope Radio with Pastor Bill Penna of Calvary Chapel Grace Fellowship in Tuxedo, New York. Join us as Pastor Bill teaches verse by verse through God's Word. You know, you may be out there sharing the word going, this isn't impacting him. This isn't touching her. She's not considering this. They're not even listening to me anymore. Oh, you just let the Lord work, man. You've got no idea. You've got no idea what God can do through one man, one woman, a church, a body of believers that would say, you know what? Like Jesus, I I exalt God's word above my name, right? Heaven and earth will pass away. Not one jot or tittle from this book will pass away. With so many forms of media hitting us in so many different ways, it's easy to let false doctrine creep into our lives. In today's message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you need to be alert and aware of the teachings that you're listening to in your life. It doesn't matter how much you like a speaker's voice, content, or stories. Keep your heart on guard for words that are false. Know the signs for teachings that are true to His Word and live for Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Acts chapter 3 as he continues his message, What Do Life Changers Look Like? Life changers. People are used of God to change other lives. Number four, they call people to repentance. You have to. Peter doesn't look at him and go, I know you guys just crucified Jesus. I know you're religious and living in sin and going to attack the person of Jesus Christ and people's lives changing but that's okay. No, he says, you need to repent. You know, one of my favorite movies, it's probably is my favorite, honestly. I don't want to get a bunch of hats now, but anyways, it's Indiana Jones in Alaska. How many of you guys like that? I mean, it is just so great. I think when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, you know, Indiana Jones. You're going to be like, where's Pastor Bill? Oh, there he is. Oh, right. I just love it. I do. I can't lie. But it's so funny. The whole movie is the premise is they're going to get the Holy Grail, like the cup that Jesus drank from at the communion meant anything. But anyways, so they get it, and then they finally, they're leaving the, the temple place, you know. It's, it's amazing. And uh, as they're leaving, the other archaeologist, she tries to take it across, and the ground erupts, and the thing opens up, and she falls down, and he's holding onto her hand, and she's reaching, remember? And there's the cup there. And he's like, no, no, no. Reach back up. I can't, get, can't hold you much longer. She keeps reaching, right? And what ends up happening? She slips out of the glove, right? You know, that's what repentance is. Like, if we tell people, listen, you can have the world and have sin and all that, but you can also have Jesus and it'll be fine. We're not doing them any favors. You know why? Because their hand is slipping out of the glove as we speak. It's not true. You know, Jesus loves us so much. He tells us the truth. The wages of sin is death. You know, I love my kids so much. If they put themselves in a dangerous position, I love them so much. Not only am I going to tell them it's dangerous, I'm also going to call them to repentance. It may not sound like that, but I'm going to say, you're not going to do that anymore. If you continue to do it, then there's going to be consequences attached. Why? Not because I love to, oh, I love to bring consequence. I'm like, I don't like it at all. You know, I don't like to do much at all. You know, to be honest, I don't. But I have to because I love them. And the same thing here, Peter says, repent. And then notice the next word, he says, and be converted. You know, I remember one gal at a, uh, many years ago at the place I was working, we were talking and she goes, you're trying to convert me, aren't you? And I laughed so hard. It was so funny. You know, and I didn't even barely know what it means. I'm like, I guess, I don't know. But I looked at, I, I did a little research. You know what the word convert means? 
It means what happened in our lives was God created us in original form. It was good. He loves us. But then we got twisted. You know, the Bible says we, are in, we have iniquity inside of us. We have a twisted nature. The word, so, so to get born again is exciting. It's miraculous to get baptized. But then the Lord says, it's just as big of a miracle for me to actually change you after you're saved, right? And that's called conversion, where that twisted nature, what God does is he's so powerful, he can twist it back to its right form. That's what the Lord's doing. That's what he's doing in your life and my life. You know, you didn't just get saved and then go, that's it, I'm good. I got fire insurance, I'm out of here. Right now you're, you're being converted. And he says, repent, be converted. Your sins are blotted out. They're dealt with. You're no longer worried about your sins. Satan might come and go, remember what you did. You were so, oh, you think God loves you. And you just say, Jesus, beat him up, you know, handle him, Lord. And why is this? Peter says that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Only the Lord, only his presence can bring that refreshing you and I are looking for. It's only Jesus. It's only him. What a day. Times of refreshing. You know, I'd ask you, uh, even as your pastor, pray for me. You know, I need prayer. You know, I see, one thing I see happening, and, you know, whenever I get to go away to these conferences, it's always very enlightening and helps me see things clear. You know, I can get so busy in ministry, so busy doing things for the Lord, I think the Lord's going, wow, you're doing so much for me. I'd really like to spend some time with you, though, you know. Pray that. I need that. Times of refreshing, that's where we get refreshed. And look what Peter says next. Let's move on. He says, and, and that he may send Jesus Christ. He's talking about the second coming, who has preached to you before, whom heaven must receive, notice here, until the times of restoration of all things. Now listen, if you have your pen, circle that word restoration. Your Bible may say restitution. Many in churches today, many Christians today have begun to believe this doctrine. They call it annihilationism, annihilationism, where they believe that heaven is real, but hell is not. Now, listen, I wouldn't be doing you a service to lie to you. Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. The Bible is clear on this in the book of James. God says, I created hell for Satan and his demons, not for mankind, but if somebody says, you know, I don't want to go, I don't want to follow Jesus. Well, because, you know, I'm not sure you guys know this. Jesus went to heaven already, right? He's coming back to bring us there. So you go, well, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. And I love the spirit of this world. I want to stay in the world. Well, the spirit of this world is run by somebody, is Satan. And he, he already has a place to go. <laughs> it's not heaven. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had to get some work done on my car. It was a Monday morning. I was exhausted. We, uh, but I had made an appointment at the Honda dealership. It was hilarious. We pull up, you know, and I'm a really nice guy, except when I'm usually doing business transactions. So I'm there, and I'm waiting. I'm early. The thing's not open. I'm trying to open the door. I open the door. The guy goes, oh, it's too early. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I, 30 seconds? All right, praise the Lord, you know. And I'm being real Christian at the time. So then finally, then, then he goes, after all that, then there's like a line of cars. You go, oh, no, no, you got to pull in line with the car. Oh, now you're in trouble, you know? So I get in the car, drive in. The same guy who told me to wait outside, he happens to be the guy who's going to be helping us. I'm going, wow, this is great. If you're here this morning, I love you. But, uh, you know, and we're there, and it's all this, and da 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 get to the end, of it, then drop the car off, come back later. Did, couldn't, couldn't really do what I brought it in for. I'm, oh, this is great. Yes, okay, thanks. Yeah. And I'm like, give me my keys, I'm going to leave. And he goes, you know, Pastor Bill, I just want to tell you, I've been to the church a few times, like, I didn't know what to say at that moment. 
I was like, I'm really a Christian. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I was like, I am so, I love, God bless you. He goes, I love the church. I was, I was like, wow. It was like the Lord blinded him the whole time. It was like he couldn't see or hear. I was like, how is this happening right now? You know, and he was, and uh, he goes, you know, but it was, you know, it was a sad part in the story. It doesn't end well. So, you know, he goes, you know, the reason why I didn't come is, you know, I think, you know, you, you, you guys don't believe in the doctrine of annihilationism. I'm sitting in a Honda dealership. We're gonna, am I about in sweatpants? I've just been mean to the guy, you know? And I'm about to explain. And I go, annihilate? You're talking about like hell doesn't exist? He's like, yeah, you know, it's common. Blah, 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 blah. If you're here, I love you, by the way. But uh, I was like, of course we don't believe in that. He started saying all this stuff. I said, well, you know, he's like, why do you? Because Jesus said hell exists. I don't know what to tell you. You know, if Jesus said it, that's pretty good for me. The apostles say it. The book of Acts teaches it. I said, it's just also your own logic tells you. And when Mother Teresa, you know, I, I always use this. I said, you know who Mother Teresa is? Yeah. You know who Adolf Hitler is? Yeah. I said, your own logic tells you when they died, they did not both go to the same place. It's not true. You know, we're, we're starting to take the spirit of this age and put it on God in the Bible. God doesn't change. You know, just because we think, it, we, we, we happen to live in a country where whether we realize it or not, even though we've taken the Ten Commandments down in almost every court in America, predominantly the, the tidal wave of Christianity that started this nation is still prevalent today. Like people, even people in our country still tend to not want to steal from others, honor others, you know, do the right things. We really do in this country. And because we live in a nation like this, we think this is how it is all around the world. Do you know people in China, in North Korea, in most of Africa, in the Middle East, they don't struggle with believing people are, are sinners because their children have been taken from their house in the middle of the night. They, they don't struggle with this. They're, they've been raped. They've been beaten. We, we are just at the back end of a Christian nation. So we don't see it. But sin is there. You know, if you're be honest with yourself, you go, I'm a Christian. I still don't see sin, honestly. Forgive me. And Peter here deals with this. This is not what the times of restoration are about, that God's gonna, you know, purge. That's where purgatory comes from. He's not gonna purge this out of man and then change it. No, no, no. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Make a decision for Jesus Christ. Make a decision for Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus, Follow Jesus, follow him. That's what Peter is saying here. Let's move on, verse 22. For Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you, notice here, a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. <laughs> Moses, he's quoting Deuteronomy. Uh, and he says, and it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. That's the Old Testament, verse 24. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken have also foretold these days. Uh, Peter's saying, you've read Psalm 22, they pierced his hands and his feet. You've read Isaiah 53, that he'll bear your iniquities. You've read the Old Testament prophecies, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. Jesus was foretold. Verse 25, you are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our father, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 26, to you first, he's speaking to the Jews, he's speaking to a Jewish audience, to you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you. Jesus came to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. 
Jesus Christ, church, please hear me. Hear what Peter's saying. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying. You and I were born in iniquity and sin. We have a twisted nature inside. You might say, oh man, I watched too much MTV as a kid. (laughs) MTV may have thrown some logs on the fire, but I got bad news for you. You were like that before MTV. The Bible says. But Jesus Christ came to turn every one of you from your iniquities. It's Jesus who can make a dead man come to life. You know, you hear people say, Jesus came to make bad people good. No, he did not. That is not true. Jesus came to make dead men and women alive, to give us new life in Christ, to twist us back to what he intended for us to be. And I know of no one else that can do it. Peter here is saying, I'm willing to die to protect the idea that some religious organization or me as a man can do this because it's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. Now, Peter preaches this message. Their hearts are convicted. The spirit of God is moving. And watch this, chapter four, verse one. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. The religious leaders and the political leaders were not happy because crowds were gathering. People were going, oh, maybe there's another way. Maybe Jesus is the truth. Verse two, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people, never like it when truth goes out, and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Verse three, they laid hands on them. They're not talking about a massage here, folks, right? We're talking about smacking them around. We're talking about incarceration here and put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. Verse four, however, listen, however, in the midst of the persecution that was coming upon Peter and John, however, many of those who heard the word, what happened? They believed, they got saved. And now the number of men came to be about 5,000. So we had 3,120, now The lame man's healed, a crowd is gathered. Peter goes, you don't gotta tell me twice. He preaches the gospel. Now the people listening, 5,000 are saved. Kind of strange, but it's because I want this to really leave with you. Let Jesus's smell rub off on you. You're going, huh? What does Jesus smell like? Listen, you know, it's funny, and uh, I always notice this. I don't know why, but I always notice, like, you know, every family has a smell. Do you know that? You know, you might go, I don't smell it. That's because it's your smell. You don't know. It's like, I don't smell. But you get around, you're like, oh. Sometimes as a pastor, I know whose kid belongs to who just by their smell. I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Yep. I know your parents. Yep. It's a smell. You got the smell, you know? And all of a sudden we get saved, right? And, and now we're with Jesus and, you know, we start to spend time with Jesus. Start to spend time with his disciples. And Jesus has a smell. The Bible says this for you note takers, drop it down. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14 through 16. Paul the Apostle says, you know, we have a smell. We, are, we have the fragrance of Christ, the aroma of Christ. So now all of a sudden, we have this aroma of Christ. It's, you don't have to go, you go, man, next time I go to the Yankee candle, I got to find the aroma of Christ candle. I think churches try to do this. Like, this is how you smell like Jesus. No, no, no. You be with Jesus, you smell like Jesus, right? I don't think any families are like, all right, kids, this is the family smell. I'll finally give it to you. Here it is. Oh, okay. That's not how it works. You just be in the family and that's what you smell like, you know? You smell like lasagna if you're Italian. You smell like something else, you know? It's just how it works. But it's the fragrance of Christ. You get it? You're with Jesus. You're around Jesus. The Spirit of God is here today. You're gonna, the fragrance of Christ. But the Bible says here 
that the fragrance of Christ to some would be aroma of life. To some, they will smell that and they'll go, oh my gosh, I've been looking for that my whole life. You know, it's like when I get home and I smell something good cooking, I'm like, oh, the fragrance of life. Go to the kitchen, right? And we just, you know, we see people get saved here all the time. It's phenomenal. I don't even know how it happens. You know, people crying. Oh, I've been looking for this my whole life. Oh, praise God. Okay, great. He's Jesus. He loves you. He's been looking to come in. You know, know, we make a mistake when we make salvation complicated and hard. We make a mistake. Do you know how hard it is to get saved? It's as hard as it is to breathe oxygen. That's how hard it is. You know, in order to not breathe, oxygen is actually trying to get into you. I'm not going to make that joke. But oxygen is trying to get into you. It's literally trying. In order to not breathe oxygen, you have to try. You have to resist oxygen. You can only resist it so long, too. Jesus is the same way. Like, Jesus is literally saving people. He's literally pursuing you. You and I didn't get saved because we were like, I was, I, I tracked him down. Yeah, you went like this. <laughs> you finally breathed in. Pilate said, yes, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come inside. It's the fragrance of Christ. But the Bible says to others, we would be the aroma of death. To others, they would smell Jesus and they would reject him. To them, their smells is off. You know, it's that, you know, I had a friend many years ago before I got to New York. I mean, this guy, I don't know what happened to his nose, but he couldn't smell anything. And the way you would know is he would step, I think we have more dogs in Florida or maybe less people that clean up after their dogs. I remember one time he had like, I was like, what is, what is that smell? He's like, what smell? I was like, all right, either you have a diaper on or, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little, I wasn't saved yet. But then I look at his shoes and I'm like, look at your shoes. I, oh my gosh, look at, you've walked all around. It was like a literal track of, of dog do. And you go, that's not the aroma of Christ, right? We don't want that. And as believers, church, listen, understand that God doesn't want that for us either. But it's the aroma of Christ. You know, I want you to see here that it was however many of those who heard the word believed. The miracle did not save anyone. The miracle drew some attention and drew people to the word. It was the word of God going out by the spirit of God uh, through here, the anointed man of God, Peter, that brought about conversion. That's how God does it. That's God's way. This is not new. It's not our day. It's not that day. It was before this in Nehemiah's day. And I want to read this to you because I, I think some of us are getting, are getting discouraged maybe in sharing the word. I think others, we're starting to think there's other messages that are more important than the word. I want to hear this. And, and it's basically to say, share the scriptures. It was a missionary he was just, he was in inland China. I'll close. This is my second, first close, second close is after. Back in the 1930s in inland China, he was sharing the word. And everywhere he went, he would talk about the scriptures. And he would also pass out copies of the gospel of Matthew. Well, and one of those, one of the people who received it, who heard this preaching was furious that this missionary from America was in China spreading this Western religion. And he, but he took one of the copies of Matthew and he went back to his house and he started flipping through the pages and he didn't like it. He was convicted by what he read. He was convicted deeply. His name was Deng Lo, Deng Lo. So he got rid of the word. He, he, he got rid of it. He threw it into the fireplace in his house. 
The next day, Dang Lo was cleaning out his fireplace. The whole gospel was burned in the fireplace except for one little fragment. One little fragment, one little piece. He reached down, picked it up, and it said, And lo, I am with you always. You know, you may be out there sharing the word going, this isn't impacting him. This isn't touching her. She's not considering this. They're not even listening to me anymore. Oh, you just let the Lord work, man. You've got no idea. You've got no idea what God can do through one man, one woman, a church, a body of believers that would say, you know what? Like Jesus, I, I exalt God's word above my name, Right? Heaven and earth will pass away. Not one jot or tittle from this book will pass away. You know, and on a little bit more of a sobering note, many years ago, I was in uh, Panera Bread. Do they still have those things? I'm not sure. I was in Panera Bread, and I was sitting down. I had my Bible. I was doing a little reading. And an older gal, she came and sat there. She said, you know, it's not often, you know, see somebody reading the Bible. I says, yeah, you know, well, reading the Bible. So she starts talking to me, and she tells me she's a Jehovah Witness. And I said, listen. I said, I would, if I was you, I probably would just say, God bless you and walk away. And that's up to you. If you want to talk, we could talk. She goes, no, no, I would love to talk. I want to share with you the way of God more. I said, oh, okay. She literally about 10 minutes later started crying because I had basically dismantled her theology because it's, it's silly, you know, like Jesus is God. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word is, was God. She started crying and it was, she told me the truth. She opened up. She didn't just share the class, you know, the training they had gotten at the kingdom hall, how to convert a Christian who doesn't know the Bible. And she said, you know, she goes, I was a, I was a Lutheran for many years. And she, you know, she says, you know, I, I would get the Bible and I'd read it. I couldn't really understand it, but I'd bring it to my pastor and I'd ask him questions. He'd say, oh no, no, can't answer that. But this is a book written by man. She goes, but I had all these questions. I felt like God was saying, no, the truth is in the word. And it was shocking what she said. It broke my heart. She said, you know, the first people that answered my questions from the Bible were Jehovah Witnesses. I just said, oh, no. I said, and I'm so glad they did. I said, but, you know, Jesus is God and he died for your sins and he loves you. And you don't have to work to become a Christian. You have to believe in Jesus. You have to believe what he said, what he did for you. And the same is true today. Church, listen, if you're here, you've never said yes to Jesus. Can I tell you today, open your heart to Jesus. Open your heart. I mean, how many dang low moments do you need? Because I know if you're here and you have not yet received Jesus, I know you're getting dang lowed every day. I know the Holy Spirit, you're looking at trucks passing and birds flying going, all right, where do I get away from Jesus? And he goes, can you get away from oxygen? Just breathe me in, man. Let me change you. Let me get in there. Now, if you're here and you're a believer, listen, he's converting us. He's twisting us back. And some of us are going, ah! Yeah, but it's going to be good when you get there, right? He's working. And then lastly, for those of us who maybe you're discouraged today, oh, would you stay the course? Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep sharing the word. You know, the enemy's never going to remind you of all the times God used you to be a life changer. He's going to remind, oh, you failed here. You're not good enough there. Don't listen to that voice. Listen to the Lord's voice. He's for you. Amen. We're so glad you took the time to be with us today on A Future and a Hope Radio. Pastor Bill's series in the book of Acts will continue next time. So we look forward to connecting with you then. In the meantime... 
You can review today's message or find other teachings from God's Word at our website, ccgfchurch.org. Even better, download our mobile app to take biblical teaching with you on the go. The Calvary Chapel Grace Fellowship app also has daily devotionals that will help you study the Bible in more depth. Find a link to download at our website or just search your app store for Calvary Chapel Grace Fellowship. If you're in the Hudson Valley area, we'd love to meet you. Come join us in person this weekend for a time of worship and studying the Word together. Calvary Chapel Grace Fellowship is located at 549 Route 17 in Tuxedo, New York. You'll find service times at our website. Again, that's ccgfchurch.org. Or you can give us a call for more information. We can be reached at 845-915-3445. Once more, that's 845-915-3445. With that, our time with you is up for today. Pastor Bill will continue on in Acts next time on A Future and a Hope Radio.